Hi, and welcome to the Country Hope Church podcast. We're based in regional Queensland with locations in Chinchilla, Gainda, Jandawi, and Meandara. We hope you enjoy this episode and we invite you to join us for a Sunday service. For full details, head to our website, www.countryhope.church. It's not long till Christmas, did you know that? Less than a month till Christmas. I love Christmas. I love, I love the traditions people have. It's interesting to talk to people about Christmas to hear their Christmas traditions. Our Christmas tradition is that I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and wait till 4.15, then wake everyone else up. That's our Christmas tradition. Uh, I just can't wait. Ever since I was a little kid, um, I've just loved getting up and we open the presents and then we let the dogs in as well. And it's just a great, I love Christmas. I love the food. I love, yeah, food. Who said that? (laughs) I love the food. I love buying presents. I love the food. I love family together. I love food. It's always great. And now that I'm old and a couple of my kids live away, it's good. We'll have our whole family on Christmas Day, which is amazing. And we'll eat food. I love food. But for me, the very, the absolute wonder of Christmas is the fact that God loved us so much that his son came to live amongst us and then to die for us. It is the fact that God came down to us. To me, every time I think about that, it astounds me that God loved us so much he came down to us. And for me, the truth of Christmas is amazing. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at Christmas. We're going to be looking at the Christmas story. We're going to be uh, uh, exploring what Christmas means to us in Chinchilla, Queensland, country Queensland, in 2,000 years later, basically. But today I want to link today's sermon to our last sermon series, which was all about praise. I choose to praise him. And this is from the Christmas story, and we've been looking at the benefits of having a lifestyle of praise. We looked at the fact that um, praise is a spiritual weapon, and praise can take us forward in God. Um, It can make you a nicer person. Neurologically, scientifically, you become a nicer, um, more confident person if you praise. Our perceptions uh, change about who God is and who we are in his plan. The atmosphere around us can change. People around us can change when we decide to praise. And we've been looking at this over the the past few weeks, that praise is really powerful. Today, we're going to look at someone who made praise a lifestyle. And we're going to read their response when they received the most astounding news you could ever receive when an angel visited her. We're going to read about Mary, of course. I think we got a picture of it, Stuart, haven't we? Someone was there with their iPhone, took this picture. The angel coming to visit Mary. And we're going to look... At the song of... Not that one. You better go on. Yeah, that's not the angel. And we're going to look at her response. I I looked at this picture this week and I imagined a young teenage girl engaged to be married. She was a peasant girl. She was of no consequence. She wasn't rich. She wasn't powerful. She wasn't well-known. She was marrying a young man when an angel came through the door. And her response to that is astounding. Uh, 
the song that she sang of praise, the song of praise she sang when she got the news. I'm going to read from the book of Luke. Now, Luke's interesting because when he talks about his book, he says, I've investigated thoroughly. I've interviewed people. This is the story that I've got. And he talks about uh, this event as though he was an eyewitness to the event because he must have investigated it. Just to set the scene on this, I'm reading from Luke 1. Um, Elizabeth, who we're about to read about, was a relative of Mary who couldn't have children but then had an astounding visit from an angel herself who said, you're going to give birth to a son. And so she's had her own miracle visit from an angel. So this is Luke 1, starting at verse um, 26. During Elizabeth's six months of pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin. Now, that's interesting. He sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. Now, back then, Nazareth was a bit of a no-name town. It was nothing big. It was nothing. It was a bit like Chinchilla to Brisbane. Not many people in Brisbane know about Chinchilla. And this angel went to a little no-name town to, um, to a virgin, to a young girl. She was engaged to marry a man named Joseph from the family of David. Her name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Greetings, the Lord blessed you and is with you. But Mary was very startled by what the angel had said and wondered what this greeting might mean. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. God has shown you his grace. Listen, you'll become pregnant and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. And he will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his ancestor, and he will rule over the people of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. Now, when the angel said those words, Mary knew exactly what the angel was saying because it had been promised hundreds of years before uh, that uh, Jesus the Saviour would be born and those titles would be given to him. So they were expecting a Messiah to come one day who would save God's people. And now the angel is saying to Mary, you're going to give birth to that saviour. So she knew straight away what he was saying. Mary said to the angel, how will this happen since I'm a virgin? Then the angel said to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will cover you. For this reason, the baby will be holy and will be called the Son of God. Now, Elizabeth, your relative, is also pregnant with a son, though she is very old. Everyone thought she could not have a baby, but she has been pregnant for six months. God can do anything. Mary said, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me as you say. And then the angel went away. Remarkable reading. I want to highlight two things from this reading. Firstly, the greeting that the angel gave. The angel said, greetings, the Lord has blessed you and he is with you. And it says, Mary was startled and wondered what it could mean. Because usually that greeting uh, from an angel was given to someone of power and significance. That greeting to anyone. So that was a greeting reserved to someone who had significance and power, who was important. And so when the angel came to Mary, who knew that she was just an unmarried peasant girl with no power or authority, when the angel came and greeted her with that, it was totally crazy. It was like someone coming to you and bowing down and saying, your majesty. You would think that is strange. And Mary was startled by it and she thought, what can this mean? So this was way out of the box. What does this mean? Secondly, I want to think about her response to the news. Because the angel came and he said, Mary, you're going to give birth to a son and he's the Messiah, the saviour of the world, God's son. Mary didn't say, what? This is crazy. Am I really? She actually just asked a scientific question. 
really? But I'm a virgin, how will that happen? It's almost like she just accepted what the angel said, okay, but how's this, what are the mechanics of this? How is this going to happen? She didn't challenge the fact that I'm going to give birth to the Messiah, which is totally crazy. Instead, she said, how will this happen? Uh, what's going to happen? And then the angel explained it and she said, okay, that's cool. I made it all happen as you say. So her absolute faith in what the angel said is astounding. The fact that she just accepted the fact. So remember those two important facts as we read her praise song now, because we'll read the rest of the story. So she was greeted as a VIP, as a very, very powerful, important person, not as an unmarried peasant girl. And number two was her amazing belief in God. Okay, I'm not going to question this. May it be as you say. Then the story continues. She races to her, her um, relative Elizabeth. And, um, and then we read this from verse 45. Um, you are blessed because you believe what the Lord has said to you. This is what Elizabeth said to her, sorry. You are blessed because you believe what the Lord said to you. So Mary ran to her, told her everything that happened. And, and then Elizabeth said, you are blessed because you believe what the Lord said to you. Then Mary said this, my soul praises the Lord, my heart rejoices in God my Saviour, because he has shown concern for his humble servant girl. From now on, all people will call me blessed, because the powerful one has done great things for me, his name is holy. God will show his mercy forever and ever to those who worship and serve him. He has done mighty deeds by his power, he has scattered those that are proud, he has Uh, And those who think great things about themselves, he's brought down rulers from their throne and he's raised the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He sent the rich away with nothing. He has helped his servant, the people of Israel, remembering to show them mercy and promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Then it says Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Now this song of praise, when Mary told Elizabeth, And Elizabeth said, that's fantastic that you believe the story that you've been told. And then she burst forth into a song of praise, giving God the glory. Uh, uh, What she was actually saying is, God, I believe you. And in response to that, I choose to praise you. And I think as we've been looking over the past few weeks at choosing to praise, there are a couple of great keys here to how can I be a praiser? I want to be someone who praises God in every circumstance. I've heard for the past four weeks, um, this is what happens when you praise God. Walls can come down and your life can be set free and people can be changed. And when we praise God, uh, it takes us to another another level in Him. But how can I become a praiser? Because the fact is, I want to do that. But how can I get to the position where I can really do that? What do I need to do to become a praiser? Well, from Mary's story here, first of all, she simply believed in God. She simply and um, humbly believed in God. If you want to develop a lifestyle of praise, there's an important ingredient. And I want to particularly read Elizabeth's words to Mary. She said, you are blessed because you believed what the Lord said to you would really happen. You believed God's story for your life. This is a key to becoming a praiser, to believe God's story for your life. Praise comes from a place of faith in God. 
God, I believe your story. I believe your promises. I believe your word over me. I believe what you say about me. I choose to believe in you. There is so much in this story for Mary to disbelieve. I mean, angel Gabriel, the angel coming to talk to her. You're kidding me? This angel walks in and talks to me. God had been silent for a few hundred years. Talked to Elizabeth through Gabriel, and then Gabriel came and talked to Mary. There's so much room for disbelief. Really? Then Gabriel said, blessed are you, you're such an important person. Really? I know who I am. That's not my story. I'm just a peasant girl. And Gabriel's message, you will be blessed and you will give birth to the saviour of the world. Really? I'm just little old me. There's so much in this story that the angel was telling her that would be easy to disbelieve. But Mary believed. And out of faith, his word in his word and his promises in her life, praise flowed. Elizabeth said, you believed the story that God told you for your life. One of my problems is that I'm an overthinker. I tend to look at what God has said to me and then I overthink. I go through all the scenarios. This building's a good example of this. A year ago in March, we were just about to start the building program and then COVID hit and we had to shut down church. And we had no idea what would happen. All we knew is that we couldn't gather for church. We had to have church online. And we were due to start the building program the next week. And so I prayed. I said, God, what do we do? Do we start the building program or do we wait and see? And uh, God spoke to me very clearly and said, start, do it in faith. But then I went to bed and I thought, and I thought about all the scenarios that could happen, the story of my life. And I thought, worst case scenario, that the church will go broke. I'll get the sack. I'll be forever known as the pastor of that ruined chinchilla and my dogs won't even like me. That's worst case scenario, the story of my life. And then I went through all the scenarios that could possibly happen. What will my story be? And then I thought, God's given me a story. Maybe I should believe that. But I still struggle with it. And that week we had a board meeting and I had to come to the board and say, do we go ahead or not? And I came to the board meeting, and it was a Zoom one because we couldn't get together. And I came to the board meeting and I said to them, okay, we're all going to say, just give this answer. Do we go ahead with the building program or not? Because we got closed down, we got... And I'm not going to tell you what I'm thinking because I want you to make uh, your own unbiased opinion. And Rich Sheppy said straight away, let's do it. Let's do it. And then Brody Hopper, and then they all just said, yep, let's do it, let's go ahead. And for me, I'd struggled all week thinking what will my story be? Thinking of all the scenarios and all the... For Mary here, she simply believed in God's story for her life. This is such a key to being a praiser. God, I believe your story over my life. I believe what you say. I believe in what you say about me. Mary, Elizabeth said she believed that the Lord said what the Lord said would really happen. I believe it will happen. I believe he knows the story and I believe that he has destiny written on my life and I believe him and I believe what he says over my life. And in response to that, I praise. Rather than being someone who overthinks, go through all the scenario, this is what my life will be, my story is bad, there comes a time when we've just got to take a stand and say, despite what I'm going through, despite what I see, I'm going to believe your story over me. I'm going to believe what you say, and I'm going to put my trust in you.
And even though stuff doesn't look that good now, I'm going to believe your story over my life. And as we make that decision, I choose to believe your story, then praise starts to flow. I choose to believe your story, what you say will happen, will happen. And Mary believed it. And Elizabeth said, this is amazing that you believe the story that God has set over your life. You believe his story, not all the scenarios that you can make up in your mind. She believed the story that God had said. Go to the next one, Stu. This is an interesting picture that Stu's going to show you. This is a sketch. Could you show the close-up of the face? This is a sketch of Mary and Jesus. Impressive, isn't it? A guy bought this at a clearing sale in 2016. He went to a clearing sale, this sketch was there, he liked the look of it because the face was a bit funny and he thought, yeah, that's cool. He bid $40 on it. People thought he was crazy to buy a sketch for 40 bucks, but he kind of liked it. And it was Mary and Jesus and, and he liked it. So he got the sketch done, he took it to an artist friend of his and said, do you reckon there's anything in this? The artist friend sort of, I'm going to take this to another friend. Well, five years later, it was valued. And the article was in the Australian newspaper two days ago. Just put up the article. A sketch for $40 sold, or is recently been valued for $70 million. It's a Durer sketch, a guy called Durer, who drew it in 1604. And it's worth $70 million. I think about that sketch of Mary and Jesus and the people at the clearing sale. And this guy eventually built, bid 40 bucks. I imagine the people that pulled out of the bidding. I'm not paying any more than 30 for that. That's a heap of junk. $70 million it was valued at last week. Nobody knew its worth. Do you know Mary in this story that we read about? She had no worth. She was, had no wealth. She had no significant power. Um, later on, when her and her husband were looking for accommodation in Bethlehem, no one had opened their door up because she was a no-name. She was a nothing. She was unmarried. She would have been un- uneducated in a male-dominated society. She had no voice. She had no power. She was insignificant. To anyone looking at Mary... She might have been worth a $40 sketch. That's all she was worth, and she knew it as well. And so her attitude could have been, what's the point in praising God? My praise isn't valuable anyway. I'm just me. Would God even care if I didn't praise him? Does he care that I do? Because I have really no value. But yet, look what happened to her in this story. She was greeted with words usually associated with powerful people. She'd been told that she was part of God's plan of salvation. And it suddenly dawned on her, even though everyone else sees me as a $40 sketch in God's eyes, I'm a $70 million masterpiece. It's how God sees me that counts. It's not what the rest of society thought, but God placed a value on her soul. God placed a value on her. And then I read the song that she sang. And it's interesting because you can see that the truth dawned on her. I have worth because God has given me worth. She says, my soul praises God and rejoices in God, my saviour, because he has shown his concern 
for a humble servant girl. From now on, people will know that I'm blessed. And then she talks about scattering the proud and raising up the lonely. She talks about uh, uh, the rulers who have been thrown down, who, who think they're valuable in their own eyes. And then she talks about the humble being raised. And her whole praise is about people may see me as insignificant, but to God I am priceless. People might see me as a $40 sketch, but in God's eyes I'm a $70 million masterpiece. And out of that, praise rose. She had worth. And her praise was worthwhile because she knew in God's eyes she had value. And she burst into song. I want you to understand something important here. By society's standards, you might feel insignificant. By chinchilla standards, you might feel like you're a $40 sketch that no one notices. I want to tell you this morning, God sees you as a $70 million masterpiece because you are his masterpiece. And he's created you with worth because he has created you. And he sees value in you. And when you praise him, it absolutely delights his heart. And when you choose to praise, he smiles and thinks, that's my masterpiece. And you might think, my praise is worth nothing because I am insignificant. But to God, you are a hidden $70 million masterpiece. And when you choose to praise him, his heart sings because you have worth and he values your praise. And so Mary here, she believed God's story over her life and it helped her praise. God, I believe your story. I believe what you're telling me. Despite the circumstance, I believe what you're saying over my life and I will praise you. The second key here is she suddenly realised her worth to God. I'm not just a $40 sketch. I'm a $70 million masterpiece in his hands. If we're going to be people of praise... We need to start believing the story God says over our life, not the story that we see. We've got to start believing all things work for the good of those that love him. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can have peace in my heart despite what I'm going through as I pray to him and, and tell him how I feel. I know that I have destiny on my life. I know that I can make a difference in this world. I know that I can make a difference in someone's world and take them into the kingdom of God with me. I know that he has a plan for my life. I believe his story rather than those stories that other people might say or the stories that I make up about myself. I'm going to believe his story. And secondly, I'm going to believe that I'm a masterpiece. Despite what people may have told me, despite years of thinking I'm a nothing, I actually have worth and God values my praise. And I'm not $40, I'm 70 million because of him and the value he ascribes to me. As we approach this Christmas season, I'm going to make it my goal this month to start to change the way I think. I am valuable to God. My praise is worthwhile. And he loves my praise. And he has a good story for my life. And he isn't finished yet. For Mary in this story, God told the story. It wasn't over. She saw it played out in her life. 
your story is not finished yet. The key is to believe the story that will come and praise him now. I won't wait till the story actually comes. to. I'll actually praise him now while the story is still being written. I choose to praise. And as I do that and ascribe him worth, I am blessed because I praise my creator. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. Funny that story came up about the masterpiece. I wrote this sermon Thursday and then read that article Friday. Couldn't believe it. That is just amazing. And to me, that's when it really hit me, our worth in God. I want to say someone here today has come to church thinking my praise is not worth anything because I'm not worth anything. I want to tell you today, you are a $70 million masterpiece. And that article in Friday's newspaper was just for you, as a word to you, that you're valuable. So never forget that ugly picture, because that ugly picture is worth $70 million. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you that you came down. And over the next month, as we ponder that, that God came down. I pray that our hearts would be filled with praise. And Lord, I pray that we here would realise you have a story, that you're writing the story and you're not finished yet. And the story's a good story and the ending will be great because all things do work for the good of those that love you. And Lord, I pray that would be embedded into our spirit, that even though we might be halfway through the story and it seems things are grim, my story isn't done yet. I pray we would believe the story you say over our life, not the story that we can make up. And Lord, I really pray that we would know in our heart we are valuable and our praise is valuable because you've assigned us value and you love our praise. And so I pray mindsets would change, that we'd know we have worth because of what you've done for us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we praise for a moment? We hope you enjoyed listening to the Country Hope Church podcast and that this episode blessed you. If you've got any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to contact us through our email, connect at countryhope.church. If you'd like to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, we hope to see you either online or in person at some point soon.